So thank you so much, Miss Faye and Brother Bushy. What a blessing that song was. Well, tonight I'll ask you, if you would, to grab your Bibles. We're going to turn to the book of Nehemiah. And if you would, let's all stand together as we turn to Nehemiah chapter 2, is where we're going to start, Nehemiah chapter 2. And Nehemiah chapter 2, verse number 17, the Bible says, Then said I unto them, Ye see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. We're in Nehemiah chapter 2, now we'll look at verse number 18. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me. As also the king's word had, that he had spoken unto me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for, his, for this good work. If you drop down and look at verse number 20. Then answered I them and said unto them, the God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore we his servants will arise and build. But ye have no portion, nor right, nor memorial in Jerusalem, And then I brought my other Bible because it has the correct pronunciation. <laughs> so, uh, so I'll do the best I can. I listened to Alexander Scorby a few times, but just in case I mess up, I'll, uh, I'll use, uh, use this other Bible that has, has helps in it. Okay, So Nehemiah, now we'll look at in chapter number 3, and uh, we'll read uh, just a few verses together. It says, Then Eliashib, the high priest, rose up with his brethren, the priests, and they builded the sheep gate. They sanctified it and set up the doors of it even into the tower of Mia, and they sanctified it into the tower of Hananiel. And next unto him builded the men of Jericho, and next to them builded Zachar, the son of Imri. But the fish gate did the sons of Hassaniah build, who also laid the beams thereof, and set up the doors thereof, the locks thereof, and the bars thereof. And next unto them repaired Mirimoth, the son of Urijah, the son of Koz, and next to them repaired Meshalem, the son of Berechiah, the son of Meshizabel, and next unto them repaired Zadok, the son of Baana. And next unto them the uh, Tekoites repaired, but their nobles put not their necks to the work of the Lord. Moreover, the old gate repaired Jehoiada, the son of Paseah, the, and Meshalem, the son of Besadila and uh, Besadiah, sorry. And they laid the beams thereof and set up the doors thereof and the locks thereof and the bars thereof. And it just goes on all through chapter 3 and it mentions name after name after name after name. And in my, uh, so this is, I believe this is a church Bible. And the fifth and sixth grade students uh, got this for me several years back. And, uh, and I love, uh, I love this Bible. But at the top, it says, uh, so not scripture, but just kind of given just a brief uh, description of, uh, of what's on the page. It said, the names of them that builded the wall. And that's the title of my message this evening. The names of them that builded the wall. And we'll pray and then I'll let you be seated. Father, we sure love you. Thank you so much, Lord, for loving us. Thank you for allowing us, Lord, to gather in your house this evening. Lord, we thank you for our man of God, our shepherd. Lord, thank you for preacher, and thank you, Lord, for 
his love for each and every one of us, his love for you. And I pray that you bless him just now, Lord, and be with him and his family. Bless them in a wonderful way. And God, as we, as we look at your word tonight, Lord, I pray that you would please anoint me with thy spirit. And God, I know that in and of myself, Lord, I have nothing to offer. Lord, I have nothing that will be any help. But Lord, through the power of your spirit, God, I pray that you would meet with us, that you would, uh, Lord, speak to our hearts. And God, that you would, uh, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, uh, just in, in, in each individually, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, take whatever step of faith that we need to take next. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, and you may be seated. So, Nehemiah is a fascinating book. Obviously, it's a book of, uh, of growth and building. And Nehemiah, uh, so when you go back to chapter, uh, to chapter number 1, the Bible says uh, in verse number 1, the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, and it came to pass in the month uh, Kislu in the 20th year as I was in Shushan the palace, that uh, Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And so he goes on to tell them that Jerusalem is burnt with fire. So from what I understand, uh, 13 years ago, they had been dismissed. And actually, so when you think of Ezra, you know, you have Ezra, then Nehemiah. And 13 years prior, Ezra has been able to leave to go to Jerusalem. But all during that time, there hasn't been any, you know, major progress with, with the wall being built. So here they are. They've spent all this time, and the wall's still not built. And in, you know, Bible days especially, a city is a, and the wall of a city is fortification. It provides protection. It provides, uh, you know, from enemies uh, that, would, that would come in and try to destroy a city. And Nehemiah, uh, here, he hears word, and we know the story. Nehemiah, uh, you know, uh, he, he mourns, and he, he even takes certain days and fasts and literally weeps. And, uh, and so for, uh, for a few months, he does that. And finally, he, uh, the king notices, hey, there's something about this, uh, you know, about Nehemiah. He's always come before me, had a good spirit, good attitude, always a smile on his face. But he seems, he seems down, brokenhearted. And uh, he asked Nehemiah what was, you know, what, what was going on in his life, and Nehemiah told him the situation. And sure enough, Nehemiah had gained favor with the king. Obviously, God's hand was on this, and even those verses we read at the end of chapter 2 said, the good hand of my God upon me. And uh, Nehemiah is, uh, is commissioned by the king to go back, and he's even supplied with an entourage to go with him, to escort him there, and even resources and materials to build. And, uh, and we pick up the story here, and then it says in, uh, in verse number 3, that Eliashib, the high priest, rose up in, in chapter 3, verse number 1, with his brethren, the priest, and they builded the sheep gate. And uh, for me, this is just a reminder, uh, and, and there's obviously so many practical lessons that we can take for our lives today, but there was a work to be done. And God has placed us here for such a time, a time as this, and there's a great work to be done. We live in a world, and this world is on a fast track, you know, down the down the wrong uh, down the wrong way, and headed the wrong direction. And uh, and we know that uh, that it won't be long till our Lord returns. But there's a work to be done, and uh, we see here there was a work to be done in Nehemiah's time. There's a work to be done today. God had paved the way. God had spoken to the king's heart. God had provided the materials, the resources. And I want to say to us, God has paved the way for us. I mentioned the other uh, the other night, and uh, and and just uh, our our senator. His, uh, when his acceptance speech and he told about his dad and he was in World War II and, and he got the 
news that the war was over and he was watching as the bodies of his, uh, of, of his fellow soldiers were washing up against the shore. And it, it was just the waves were saying, wake up, wake up. They would never awake, you know, and, uh, because they had, they had made the ultimate sacrifice. And he said this, only, uh, he said, what's gained by ultimate sacrifice is only kept by unremitting effort. And it's a reminder to us that, that others have sacrificed for us to enjoy what we have. And others have, others have paved the way. And I look back and, uh, last year a preacher gave, uh, several of the preacher boys a, uh, a biography of, uh, of J. Frank Norris. And man, you talk about a, just a powerful biography of a man of God. And we think about those that have gone before us and those that have paved the way for us to enjoy what we enjoy today. I think of Grandpa Shook, where we had the privilege of honoring him in chapel just a, just a few weeks ago and uh, right before his birthday. But a man that sacrificed for us to enjoy what we enjoy and took a stand as far as Christian education is concerned. And, uh, and, and others had sacrificed. And here others had sacrificed. Future generations were counting on this wall to be built as it would provide protection. And may I submit to us tonight that future generations are depending on us to do our part in the work of God. And, uh, and so I want to, uh, so we're talking about the names of, the, of them that builded the wall. And I just want to give you my observations from the men that built the wall. Number one, these men were known by God. These men were known by God. Now here, I can't even pronounce half the names. I kind of butchered some of them, I'm sure. And, uh, but Elisha, uh, Eliashib, the high priest, God knew Eliashib. And then we look and we see, uh, 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 we see, uh, the next unto him in verse number two there. It says, uh, Zachar. Now I don't know Zachar, but God knew him and he was the son of Imri and God knew him. And then it says, uh, in verse number three, but the fish gate did the sons of, uh, Hassanah build. And, uh, and so God knew them. And then, uh, Merimoth, the son of Uriah, God knew, uh, God knew him and God knew, uh, uh, next unto him repaired, uh, Meshalem. And, uh, and so, but God knew each of these, of each of these men, they were known by God. And I say to us that God knows each of us. And God has a plan for each of our lives. And I look and I look at the, I look at the potential and I look at, you know, the kids, uh, that are, that are in our Christian school, that attend our church, that ride the buses. And there are no doubt, uh, future servants of God that are going to go out and tear it up for the Lord. And I think, but God knows them and God knows us by name. The Bible says in Psalm 139 too, thou knowest my down sitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. God knows every time we sit down. God knows every time we stand up. You know, you look at the different personalities of the kids. You think, man, wait, and he's either gonna, he's either gonna tear it up for the Lord, or he'll be in jail, sure as a world. And uh, you know, I was looking, and even, even in, uh, you know, we, we kid in our, you know, uh, in our, in our uh, Sunday school class, you know, we have a bunch of young couples, and all kind of in the same stage of life, and uh, just going through it together. And uh, but you look, even in the same, you know, same mom, same dad, and you can have completely different personalities. You know, I think of Chloe; she was about as mellow of a baby that you could possibly get. Then there was Cole. And then, uh, and then the Kyle, Kyle kind of follows, you know, uh, Chloe, you know, kind of her personality a little bit. He just, even when he cries, it's just kind of a, a, a quiet cry and it's kind of pitiful, you know. Cole, he came out screaming and he's been screaming ever since. And uh, this morning, I kid you not, I was shaving in the bathroom. It's six o'clock in the morning, so I'm shaving. I'd already prayed, walked with the Lord and, uh, and I was in the bathroom and I was, and I was shaving. So Cole comes running in. He grabs a toilet paper, starts unraveling it and takes off. And I'm like, ah, so I take it from him, you know, and kind of rip so he doesn't waste 
waste all the toilet paper. And so he puts it in his mouth and takes off running through the house. And uh, so he's, he's going to do something. And uh, but hey, but I think these men were known by God and, and the different personalities. And I think of each, uh, you know, each of the kids that God has given us, uh, you know, here in our church and how God's going to use their life. The Bible says in Proverbs 15, three, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. The Bible says in Proverbs 5, 21, for the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord. And he pondereth all his goings. And uh, in, in, in Psalm uh, 139, as I mentioned a moment ago, and then, but, but God knows us. God sees us. God, uh, God loves each and every one of us. And, uh, and God, uh, uh, God has a plan for each one of us. And God had a plan for each of these men. And uh, these men were known by God. And may I also say that, you know, sometimes when you're, when you're in the work, it can be a temptation to say, you know what, does anybody even notice? Does anybody even notice the, the labor that I put in? But it may I remind us in Galatians 6, 9, the Bible says, and let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And, uh, and so uh, Proverbs, uh, Proverbs tell us, uh, tells us, labor not to be rich. Cease from thine own wisdom. You know why we labor? We labor to please the Lord. Doesn't matter what your profession is, we labor to please the Lord. Whatever whatever job you've been given, we do that uh, to please the Lord. And uh, and I know I fail in the area of exp- uh, expressing my appreciation as I sh- as I should. But may I remind us that while David was on the hillside and while he was uh, shepherding just those sheep, God was watching. And God was taking note and God saw that a young lad that he took seriously his job as a shepherd. And God said, man, if I can trust a shepherd, uh, this shepherd to care for sheep like that, I can put him over my people. And young people, may I say to you that God watches how you handle the little things. And that that uh, obviously uh, uh, bears to what God will give you in the future. And uh, but God saw David and God watches and God watches us. And, uh, you know, in, in primary churches, it's, uh, it's so funny, I'll have the, you know, the workers pick, you know, pick the quiet seat winners. I'm sure they still do it in the, in the junior church. And boy, they'll, you know, the kids will sit up and then sometimes you can tell the ones that did a good job, but they didn't get a prize. Boy, they're frustrated. I remember being there, being frustrated. I'm like, man, I did my best. And uh, sometimes, you know, we'll, we'll talk on the way home and, uh, and Chloe will be like, daddy, I, 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 I thought I did really good today. I'm like, you did, sweetheart. Just remember the Lord's watching and, uh, and they don't care. They just want the candy. But the fact is, but God is watching and God watches and he's the one that we're, uh, that we're trying to, that we're trying to please. And God knows our labor of love and God sees every piece of trash you pick up after a primary service or a junior church. And he keeps count of the times you swept the bus and pe- uh, picked up a piece of gum in the parking lot. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. May I say, these men were known by God. Secondly, these men were known by Nehemiah. These these. Uh, the names of them that built the wall. These men were known by, by Nehemiah. I mean, I say, what strong ties and relationships are built in the yoke? I remember uh, as a teenager, 12, 13, when I wasn't this tall, was this tall. <laughs> and uh, so, as Brother Hamilton uh, <laughs> the other night. But, but I remember going to Brother Hamilton's house and uh, and helping him. And pretty much it was slave labor. I didn't get paid. <laughs> and uh, he might feed me a little bit here and there. But but you know that was for me that 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 did so much that did so much for me personally. It was teaching me to work hard. It was teaching me to be a servant. But more importantly, it was getting me connected to to a man of God. 
And may I say to the, to the young people that are in this room, do you know the best thing you can do is find somebody that you find, find a godly mentor, whether it be your Sunday school teacher or whether it be your youth pastor or somebody, but get close to them and get, how do you get close to them and say, Hey, will you take me to get me, get me a burger? No, get close to them and say, Hey, is there anything, is there anything I can help you, help you work on? Is there a project I could help you do? Is there something, is there something that, uh, uh, that I could, uh, that I could, uh, help you with, you know, preacher, has never taken me out, uh, taken me out golfing. Never. Not one time. Preacher, if you're listening on live stream later on, if you would please take me golfing. I'm actually terrible at golf. Preacher's never taken me golfing. And, uh, and, and there's not a lot of, you know, just leisure time. But Philippians, I'm, I'm not even sure. I, I, I know I don't fully understand this verse yet. And I know God's still teaching me. But there's, there's a verse in Philippians, Philippians 3.10. And it says that I may know him, it's talking about Christ, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. And, you know, sometimes, uh, uh, well, let me finish the thought. If the, so, uh, so my relationship with preacher, if it's something I'm not sure about or a delicate situation, uh, you know, we work through problems together. I'll, I'll oftentimes, you know, bring, and I always try to have, you know, two or three solutions. So, I'm, you know, I don't want him to do my work and it's my responsibility to bring, but we talk about those things. But, you know, even working through those difficult, even when it's something I got to do afterwards and make a decision, it's just a tough decision. It's, and it's just a, one of those, uh, you know, things you just, uh, you know, not, not enjoyable. But do you know the fellowship that I enjoy? And I feel super close to preacher making those making those decisions, you guys at, at you know at work and you work a hard job and it's like man and uh, and you and you finally you know get through that job you bust through and 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 get it done and it can be a tough situation a tough job a difficult situation or something difficult to handle but the fellowship in the work is uh, there's there's nothing like it. Uh, workers that are involved, you know, in different ministries in the church. I think about the primary department. You know, there's uh, in the primary in that age 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 group there, and uh, and it's uh, and it is, you know, it's it's work, and they're crawling all over you sometimes, and sometimes crawling underneath the chairs, and you're like, okay, sit down, listen to the preacher, and uh, and you know, and it's, and it's work. But there's something about the camaraderie and the fellowship, and sometimes the things they do, and uh, and what they, uh, you know, what they say is is absolutely hysterical. But there is a there's a camaraderie through shared experience of victory and defeat and there's uh there's a fellowship in the yoke i think about the junior department i tell them they have the dream team over there i got brother uh brother jordan brother jordan is a phenomenal junior church preacher and I, i'll sit over there the, uh you know we had a time where we were all kind of gathered together and i'll just sit and trance like a little kid myself and just listen to him to him preach and powerful and then you know i think of the uh, uh you know just the each each sunday school teacher they got over there you know brother allen in the sixth grade and brother will in the fifth grade and brother andrew and and uh, and these and these men the ladies that are over there uh teach them i call it the dream team over in the junior department but you know that's a uh, there's something that comes from being in the fellowship of the oak now yeah sometimes you got to chase the kids down sometimes they take off running they're running through and you don't even know you're running through the graveyard what are you doing it's church time and uh, and there's and yet, but there's a camaraderie that comes uh in fellowship uh in in the yoke uh kai told his dad uh told his dad this morning he said he said daddy i'm mad 
He said, he said, buddy, why are you mad? He said, yesterday, they were on the bus this morning going to pick up. He'd go and knock on a couple new stops and knocking on the door. And, uh, and then they didn't get on the bus. He said, daddy, I'm mad. They told us they were going to come. They lied to us. And uh, you know, that is, that's, that's fellowship of, of sufferings. You know, you go out and somebody tells you they're going to come and you, and you have high hopes and then, and, uh, but, but that's, uh, but that's learning, uh, learning fellowship. If you're building, you know what it's like to, uh, if you're a building, you know, actually physical building, you know what it's like to smash your thumb with a hammer. There's fellowship and pain. You, you can associate. I know what it's like. You know what it's like going out so and get the door slammed in your face to be lied to, to wait outside for five minutes after one says, after somebody says, hold on, I'll be there in a minute. And they never come and uh, so uh, to the door. But, and, and by the way, we often talk about the hardships more than we do the times of ease. And later we actually look back with fondness. You know, I think if I was, I was a, uh, you know, going through my, my college, you know, we all look back, you know, as we were kids and climbing up, you know, going to, going to school. And it gets, and it gets even more intense. The old, I noticed the older I get, like the more intense my days of going to school. First, I started one mile, you know, one way. Then it become, you know, my, two miles. And then it was snowing. And then next thing you know, there was a dragon chasing me. And, uh, but we look back, you know, and we say, man. And, uh, but it's the, but it's the, t- it's the, uh, it's the times of, uh, of not of ease, but it's the times where you over came and you had struggle and you go through it and uh, this wasn't my entire uh, college career but I, we joke in we joke in uh, sometimes uh, uh, brother Josiah and I uh, will think back and like we're like man I can't even remember half of college it was probably sleep deprivation but there was one period that uh, that I had uh, so uh, so it was program time and we had to rent we rented buses from a rental company and I had to be at the bus company to check out the buses. Uh, this is uh, this is fall program in, in, in Northwest Indiana. It was already like you know like sub zero temperatures in, in in the fall. And uh, and so it was three forty. I had to get up at three forty five. So my alarm clock goes off. And at that time I was a room uh, you know a floor captain or whatever in the uh, in the college. And so it was my job to get nine you know eighteen nineteen year old guys in bed by eleven thirty. All right. Let's just say that was not happening. And so I was wrestling with them, trying to get them in bed, and then I had to get up at 3.45, so my alarm clock goes off. I'm mad at the world. I remember walking down that hallway because the, the, the restrooms were at the end of the hallway, and so I walked down, and I walk in. The light's just bright as could be, and, uh, and Brother, uh, Brother Gerson, he's a Spanish pastor down in Florida now, but he, uh, by walking, he, and he's got a big smile on his face. He said, it's okay to smile, brother. Jesus loves you. I'm like, Gerson, I hate you, man. What is wrong with you? And uh, so then I get up go to the go to the bus route and I kid you now it was it was intense so we would go and the first thing you do is is you would go and wake up so we'd go around in Chicago and knock doors and get everybody you know wake up uh for for the bus then we'd come around with the bus and get them you know get them on the bus and then take them you know to uh to church which was 45 minutes you know to an hour away and take them to church and then uh and then there you teach Sunday school and maybe preach or and I think that time I, I can I think I was preaching the message and uh and then we'd get them back on the bus do the program on the way home drop him off and brother francis our our uh, he's preached here before but he is a he is a nehemiah and he is a driver and a workhorse and he and he wanted to win more souls so after we did drop-offs uh then we would have have just a quick bite to eat and then we would go to a section in chicago and we would and where there would be like a chapel building or an empty uh, an empty church building that wasn't being used and we would go and pick up kids and bring them there and preach to them there for an hour and then take them back home and then it was time for night bus pickup so then we would go 
get all the kids for uh, for church that night, and then take them to the college, and we'd you know preach to or you know uh, sing songs with them on the way there, and uh, or excuse me to the church rather, and uh, so we would go uh, from there to the church, and then after uh, after the evening service, then we'd take them home, and we'd preach to them on the way home, and then uh, you know if that wasn't enough. And then at the end of the night, you would get your face ripped off tell it, you know, by these, by these 20, 20, year, 20 year, 21, 22-year-old you know, young men about how you weren't right with God and didn't work hard enough for the Lord. And then finally you get, you know, get back you know, somewhere around 1230 and be ready for a burrito, go get a burrito, then come back home and then be up the next morning for class. And, uh, but you look back and you tell the stories of the glory days. You know? So my wife's going to try to use this against me and say, yeah, you're telling now how, how you can stay up all night. Why don't you just stay up with the baby tonight? And but that's not going to work because that, that was back in the golden days. And uh, but but the point is, we always we, we we look back with fondness on not the easy times, not the times of ease. As you think of Nehemiah and the story here, there was a time uh, the Bible says, if you look in chapter in chapter number four, and they 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 uh, became under, uh, you know, pretty, pretty intense uh, uh, persecution there. And the Bible says in in verse number seven, but it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashdites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the uh, breaches began to be stopped, then they were very wroth and conspired all of them together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. And Judah said, the strength of the bearers, the burdens is decayed and there is much rubbish so that we're not able to build the wall. And the adversary said, they shall not know, neither shall see till we come in in the midst amongst amongst them and slay them and cause the worst, uh, the work to cease. And may I say there was opposition back then. There's opposition today to the cause of Christ and Satan's not happy about the work of Christ going on and Satan's not happy about souls being saved and lives being changed, but may I encourage us and say, hey, the same God that helped Nehemiah and that helped these men to build the wall, he's our God today. And the, and the God, and so these men were known by God. These men were known by Nehemiah. They were known by Nehemiah. Thirdly, these men were engaged in a good work. These men were engaged in a good work. In Luke chapter 2, verse number 49, Jesus said, wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? May I say there's a work that needs to be done and invest your life in that which will last for eternity. Invest your life in that which will last for eternity. On Friday, we had a very eventful day. Uh, Miss Cavanus initially was very, very upset with me because on, so I'm going to tell on you, Miss Cavanus, and because we had, uh, we had uh, for the elementary, they had, uh, you know, they got to wear their Christmas socks. And so, but the fire alarm went off. And so she's like, Mr. Cook knew that we would have, you know, we were, and so she was, she was out there. So trying to get the kids, you know, all the kindergarten shoes on 15 of them. And, uh, so 30, 30 shoes on the kindergarten feet and get them out there lined up for the fire drill. What had happened is there were, there actually was, there was a fire. So probably if you're a parent of one of the elementary students, I'm sure you heard it, you know, right. probably as soon as they got home. And, uh, but, uh, but Miss Williams said, uh, she called and said, uh, Mr. Cook, we got, we have a fire in the boys' bathroom. And, and I was, and so I was like, Okay, I'll be there in a minute. So I hopped in the car, drove up there. So I guess it's pretty, uh, it's become pretty, uh, become pretty, uh, pretty awesome from, you know, from that time until now, because uh, apparently the boys, you know, so, you know, they make it more intense than it really was. I sped up the hill and I got in there. I mean, I did grab the fire extinguisher on the way out the door and uh, I ran in and, and, uh, and, and sure enough, I, I heard the alarm, you know, going off. And, and I, so I knew that uh, the fire department, the fire trucks wouldn't be long. They'd be on the way there. And so I went in and sure enough, the, uh, 
uh, the exhaust fan, it was, they were, uh, so it, this always happens, you know, when, when preacher goes out of town, something happens. So preacher, everything's okay. The school caught on fire, but we're good. And, uh, so, but the exhaust fan, so it literally looked like, looked like a furnace, like a, like a blazing inferno inside. There was flames. It was, it was pretty intense. And so, but the lights were still on. So I ran to the breaker, cut the breaker, you know, to the, uh, to the restroom, ran back in there with my fire extinguisher. And those things are, how many of you have ever used the fire? Those things are cool. And, uh, but so I sprayed it down and, uh, and about, you know, so then I went outside and, uh, and, and sure enough, not about five minutes later, the fire truck, we heard, we heard the sirens come and, uh, and then they came and, and, uh, and everything, everything's under control and, uh, nothing, nothing, nothing's wrong there as we got the smoke cleared. <coughs> we got the smoke cleared out and, uh, but. But anyway, they were, they were to come in. They got the fans going. They're spraying deodorizer everywhere and, uh, you know, get the, get the scent out there. The kids were able to go back to class. But the fire inspector or the fire, uh, the fire chief of Franklinville, that, that district, he said, uh, we got to talk and he asked me, you know, where I live and things like, he's like, man, you should, you should join, uh, you should join, uh, you know, the, uh, you should be a volunteer firefighter. And, uh, he probably saw my skills, you know, that I had. <laughs> I was still, I was still holding the fire. I ran, I went around. I kind of like just hooked the fire extinguisher to my belt the rest of the day. And, uh, but he saw my skills as a, as a professional firefighter. And he said, you should be, he said, you should consider being a, uh, being a volunteer firefighter. And I said, well, and, uh, so I started, I was like, well, yeah, I just had my third child and I'm sure I could squeeze it in somewhere in the, in the, and, uh, and so, but I, but I started thinking about that and, and I started thinking, you know, uh, that's a good work. You know, being a being a volunteer firefighter, and man, I, I, I hold you know firefighters in utmost uh, you know with utmost esteem, and, and police officers and, and so forth. And, uh, and and there may be you know a time where I may I may consider it one day, but but here's but here's the point: I must never lose sight of the eternal. And every single one of us that are soul winners, we're eternal firefighters. And we have a cause that's, 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 uh, that's, that's even greater. And every time you prepare a, every time you go out soul winning, you're do, you're doing, you're doing an eternal work. And every time you prepare a Sunday school lesson, you're doing an eternal work. And every time you prepare a sermon, you're doing an eternal work. When COVID hit, uh, and none of us, you know, everybody, that was new to everybody. And, uh, I was assigned a special duty. Uh, it was chair duty. So I had the job of moving the chairs from the auditorium out to the parking lot and then moving them back in. And uh, so, uh, so that was, uh, so I can't remember, I think Broham pawned it off on me. And uh, so, but, but that was, that was my job. And, and, uh, but, but I have a picture, I have a picture on my phone and, uh, and, uh, and I had, uh, so we went, so we had to get tape or chalk or something to mark, you know, to mark, uh, mark the spots where the, where the chairs would go. So, so I loaded up the van and, uh, and had, and so when you, when you have physical labor, always use your slave labor team, right? Which is the teenage guys. You always do that. And, uh, and so, and so I have a, I have a picture and we got out of the van. It was so funny because they, and obviously, you know, anywhere with teenagers is an event and they're always going to do something stupid or silly or something. And, uh, and so, but they were all lined up behind me, you know, little ducklings, like 12 little ducklings. And I was not the mother duck, by the way. But the point is they were all lined up there. So I took a picture and, uh, you know, of all of us, you know, and they, they were lined up there. And, uh, but I have a picture on my phone and, uh, of those, of those guys there and a handful of pictures. And I was looking back through them. And actually this, uh, this message, God kind of gave me the seat thought back in March. I was right, just, just one day in my Bible, just writing down thoughts. And I was looking at those guys and I was looking at those guys that had helped. And on there, uh, on the picture was Noah and Cole and Austin 
and Carson. And Carson's a good worker, even as a, uh, I think it was, what, eighth grade, seventh grade? But he's, he's a good worker. RJ, Josh, Job, Jace, Joseph, Bryce, Reese. And there were more, but those were on the pictures. And, uh, you know, these, these were the men that moved the chairs. But you know what those guys did? They, these guys that moved the chairs out for a service, these guys had a part in each soul that was saved. They had a part in each person that was helped and encouraged the preaching and services. Every hour you spend cleaning the house of God, you have a part of something eternal. Every time you go out and work on a vehicle and do vehicle maintenance, you have a part of something eternal. Every time you work on the grounds around the church, you have part of something eternal. Every single one of you that, that, that helps keep the buildings clean and functional, you are doing an eternal work. And I say to us and I remind us that this was, uh, this was, uh, they were engaged in a good work and they were engaged in an eternal work. And every moment you spend doing something for eternity, that's, you will reap the rewards in heaven for all of eternity. And what we do for Christ on on this side, and uh, C.T. Studd said this. He said, "Only one life will soon be uh, will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last." So these men, they were engaged in a good work. These men had a part. These men had a part. Brother Finley taught our staff a couple years ago, and he taught a lesson entitled "Your Part of the Ministry." And I just took just a few of those thoughts. But but he said he said to our staff, he said, "We are part of something big. We're part of something big." And what an honor it is to be part, uh, to be part of Bailey's Grove Baptist Church. And, and every, and every, uh, you know, and each, each one of us that, uh, that are a part, we're part of w- what God is doing here. And what an honor it is to be, uh, to be a Sunday school teacher. What an honor it is, uh, to be, uh, you know, in my case, what an honor to be the principal of Bailey's Grove Baptist School. And what an honor to, uh, to get to preach and teach. And, but all of us, we are part of something big. And you have a part. That means you're important. And you're important to the cause of Christ. And you're important to the work. Secondly, he reminded us, you're just a part. You are a part. And what you, and what you do is important, but you're just a part. In Esther chapter 4, I won't take time to turn there, but Mordecai, uh, he's outside the gate, and he's in sackcloth, and, uh, and, he's, and he's fasting, and, and, uh, and Esther sends word to him, and they're communicating back and forth. That way, Esther's already in the palace. And Mordecai is, uh, is he's, uh, he's obviously grieving because of the letters that's been sent out, the extermination of the Jews that is, you know, underway. And, and, he, and, he, uses, uh, and he uses this, uh, let, me, let me turn over there so, uh, so, I can, so I don't get it wrong. But it's in Esther chapter number 4. And it, and it says in verse, uh, and you don't have to turn there, but it says in uh, verse number 13, Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then there shall, enlar- there shall enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed and knoweth whether. And so he, he reminds Esther, he says, now God has put you here. And she later on says, you know, for such a time as this, we get that from the book of Esther. But he reminded her that if, even if you don't do this, God is going to raise up deliverance from somewhere because he's God and he can do whatever he wants. Man, what an awesome opportunity for us to have a part for such a time as this. And Nehemiah and these men that built the wall, man, they had an opportunity and they had and they had a part. And it's a reminder to us that we can't we can't we have to be careful. The point there is be careful not to make it all about you. 
But it's about, it's about God's kingdom. It's about the advancement of his word. It's about souls being saved and lives being changed. And, but we are, we are a part, but we're just a part. And, uh, and, and God even used the donkey at one time to accomplish his work. So we can't get too proud. But the point is, there's, we're part of something big. You're just a part. Your part is dependent on all the other parts. In other words, we need each other. No chain is stronger than its weakest link. No chain is stronger than its weakest link. That means that each and every one of us, we're all important. We all have an important role. And so, Brother Bushy, that means you need to get with it. Amen? And uh, so, but, but we're only as strong as our, as our weakest link. And we need, in other words, we need to pull for one another. We need to help and encourage one another. Next, your part is no more important than any other part. And when you turn to, if you look at Nehemiah, look at chapter 6 and look at verse number 15. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse number 15. And verse number 15 and 16, this is just, just awesome. The Bible says, So the wall was finished in the 20 and 5th day of the month Elul in 50 and 2 days. This was accomplished in 50 and 2 days. It's just mind-blowing. And it came to pass that when all our enemies heard thereof, and all the heathen that were about us saw these things, they were much cast down in their own eyes, for they perceived that this work was wrought of our God. So no one person or group could take all the credit. And our part is no more important than any other part. But each of us has an important part. We have an important role. And then considering that the, uh, just the last thought that Brother Finley gave us, he said, your part should be the biggest thing in the world to you. Your part should, whatever part you have, even if it's cleaning, if you just have one restroom and that's your job to clean that restroom, your part should be the biggest part in the world to you. Do your part with your heart. The Bible says, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord. Whatsoever thy hand finds to do, do it with thy might. David, when he was preparing for the temple, God didn't allow him to build it. But the Bible says, I, it, David said this. He said, I prepared with all my might. And whatever it is that God has given us to do, whatever part we have should be done with our heart. It should be done with our might. Whether it's the sheep gate in uh, chapter 3, or it's the fish gate, or it's the valley gate, or it's the even if it's the dung gate. All right, I'll give that to Brother Bushy. But even if it's the dung gate, whatever gate you have, whatever part you have, do it with your might, do it with your heart. Each Sunday school class represents a portion of the wall. And I think of, you know, and I could go through each and every one, but just the primary and the beginner department and the four-year-olds and Miss Vestal, uh, Miss Deborah Vestal that teaches there and, and Mrs. Nixon who teaches the five-year-olds and then Brother Wade and Brother Donald and Miss Montana and Miss Patsy and those five-year, four-years-olds and five-year-old and first and second graders and kindergartners, those students they are under our care and we're to shepherd them and love them and we have a part we have a that's our portion of the wall and each sunday school class represents a portion of the wall there are souls that need to be saved that we could lead to the savior there's sanctification that needs to happen amen and uh, there there's growth that needs to take place there are little lives that need building infused with strength through the spirit-filled teaching of the word of god and we can't just take our jobs haphazardly and say you know what it's not a big deal it is a big deal there are eternal lives at stake and there are future there's a future generation that hinges on whether or not they hear the word of God teach a taunt and preach and the word of God uh, infused in their lives through a spirit filled teacher. There's an enemy who wants to hinder the work. There's an enemy who's who's out to who's out to destroy. And the Bible says this. Jesus said, I, I uh, he said, I came that they might have life and they may have more abundantly. But the thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. And all of us can tell stories and attest to 
to lives we've seen that have been destroyed by the hand of Satan. Each bus route represents a portion of the wall. Every captain plays an important role. Every bus driver plays an important role. Every worker who marks a hand or who takes down a name or who fills out the little orange card to take to their Sunday school teacher or, uh, or, or who, who takes attendance or who gets the, the bu- uh, gets the broom on the bus and sweeps the bus after, after they're all gone and, and takes the trash and, and empties it and makes sure the windows are put up. And, uh, but each worker has a part. So be faithful. Be diligent. Take your job seriously and realize that there you are somebody to those kids. And, and considering, and so each, each bus route represents a portion of that wall. We went to the pumpkin patch, uh, a few weeks ago. And, uh, and, and so we took, uh, our kindergarten through fourth grade to the pumpkin patch and we went out. There was a good time at Whitaker Farms. And there were a couple other buses that were there and, uh, they were, uh, public school, public school buses. And, and so we were getting off the bus and they were unloading the bus. And there were a couple kids that were, uh, that, you know, come, uh, you know, and so I preached to them in the primary department and then their eyes got, you know, huge. Uh, you know, they were like, point like, brother, you know, one of them was like, brother cook. And he, so he was super excited, you know, to, to see me. And I'm, you know, and I just, I preached him, but to him, man, I felt, I felt, you know, 10 feet tall. And then there was, and there was, and so there was Colin and, and another, another little boy. And I went up to him and, uh, and so I was, you know, he, and they had already, you know, waved at me and stuff. So I went over and I strutted over. I was like, Hey guys, how are you doing? And he's like, and so he looked, so one of them looked up, he said, Hey brother Matt. And so I guess just, uh, <laughs> One of the skinny white church guys. And uh, so he, anyway, but you are somebody to those kids, even if they don't know your name. And, uh, but, but we need to, we need to realize that, uh, that each Sunday school class represents a portion of the wall. That each bus route represents a portion of the wall. Uh, each usher represents a portion of the wall. And whatever job and whatever capacity you serve, each of us has a job. Each of us has a responsibility. Each of us has an obligation to the work of the Lord. Fifth. These men got the job done. These men got the job done. And we see there, the Bible says, for they perceived that this work was wrought of our God. It was finished in the 20 and 5th day. And it was in, in 50 and 2 days. These men had a mind to work, the Bible says. And in chapter, uh, uh, chapter number, uh, number 4 and verse number 6, it says, So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together into the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. They fought through opposition. If you look at chapter 4 and, and, uh, and look at verse, uh, verse number 13, it says, Therefore I set I in the lower places behind the wall and on the higher places. I even set the people after their families with their swords and their spears and their bows. And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be ye not afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your, and your houses. And it came to pass when our enemies heard that it was known unto us, and God had brought their counsel to naught, that we returned all of us to the wall, every one unto his work. And it came to pass from the time, that time forth that half of my servants wrought in the work, and the other half of them held both the spears, the shields, and the bows, and the habergens. And the rulers were all behind the house of Judah. They which built it on the wall, and they which bear burdens, and those that laid it, every one with, uh, with his own ha- uh, every one of his hands wrought in the work, and with the other hand held a weapon. For the builders, every one had a sword girded by his side, and so built it. And he that sounded the trumpet was by me. And these men had a mind to work. They fought through opposition. They didn't get discouraged by the naysayers in verses one through four. Look at uh, chapter four. Look at verse number one there. 
But it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. And he spake before his brethren when the army of Samaria and said, what do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? Now Tobiah, the Ammonite, was by him and said, even, even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. Think about how light a fox is. They're just mocking them, ridicule them. And then, and so that's opposition from without. But then look at verse number 10. And Judah, this is one, this is somebody from the inside. And Judah said, the strength of the bearers of the burdens is decayed and there is much rubbish so that we are not able to build the wall. They got, op- Nehemiah's got opposition, opposition from without. He's got opposition from within. And, uh, and, but, but he didn't, but he fought through the opposition. He didn't get discouraged by the naysayers. And sometimes there'll be naysayers from within. So a lot of times naysayers from without, but keep building and keep working and keep doing the work of God. And these men, per, uh, they persevered. They were diligent and they got the job done. They got the job done. Sixth and lastly, these men inspire me to stay the course. And we look in chapter three and we see Elisha. We see in, in uh, we see all these different men. We see Merimoth in verse four and we see the Tekoites and we see uh, uh, Jehoiada in verse number six and we see Melatiah in verse number seven. We see uh, Uziel in verse number eight, and we see Raphia in verse number nine, and we see uh, Jediah in verse number ten, and verse number eleven. We see Melchijah, and on and on and on. We, but these men, they inspire me to stay the course. You know, I'm inspired by. You know, our 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 church is is made up, uh, and I'm and I'm so thankful for this, especially as a young man growing up here. But uh, but just the backbone of our church have has has been the men of the church. And men, you know, I think uh, Brother Junior Leonard, year after year after year after year, preached in that junior church faithfully. And I thought it was called Junior Church because of Brother Junior Leonard. And uh, I didn't realize it was, it was, you know, called Junior Church for another reason. And uh, I think of, uh, you know, I think of, you know, Brother Junior Leonard inspires me. I think of Brother Willis Holt. Brother Willis is uh, getting up in, up in years now. But Brother Willis, when I was uh, 12, 13 years old, he would take me out soul winning. And we go soul winning together. And he was teaching me. He was teaching me to, to be a soul winner. And I'm, these men inspire me. These men inspire me to stay the course. I think of, uh, of Miss Patsy. Miss Patsy, you inspire me. And I can go on and on and on. And I can call out uh, a name. And these are just, these represent, these are just representative of our church family. And these uh, men and ladies represent uh, just, just so, many, so many people that have been faithful year after year in their place. All these years you've been building. All these years you've been investing in that which is eternal. And Satan would love to give us a sucker punch. Satan would love to take us out. He would love to discourage you. He would love to discourage me. Why are you working like a dog? Nobody recognizes you or even acknowledges your efforts. You don't fit in here. Your role is insignificant. He would love to distract you. Come on down here so we can talk. Remember Sam Ballant and Tobiah, they told Nehemiah, hey, well, just come, come down here, we'll meet. And Nehemiah said, I'm doing a great work. I cannot come down. I'm doing a great work. Amen. I won't come down. I don't know about you, but I want my name listed with those who do the work of the Lord. Let's get busy in the work. Get a spot. Get a spot to serve. Have somewhere you're accountable. Where if you're gone, somebody said, where's, where's brother so-and-so? Where's sister so-and-so? Have a spot to serve. Have a part. Let's do our part. 
faithfully and heartily. Let's all stand, if we would, together, please.